Hey everyone, Josh Taylor here from CE Podcast. Hope all is well. Uh, thank you so much for being part of our next episode. Today is all about puppy essentials, okay? Puppy 101. In our group classes, we call it Puppy 101, all right? But, uh, you know, I just want to give you an idea. We've had tons of people uh, ask me to talk about this on the podcast. So here we are. Uh, some of the big things. Crate, please get a crate. All right, so when you're bringing that puppy home, you want a temporary crate, all right? These things aren't forever. They're not like, you know, full-time, so to speak, but it's important. It's important for potty training, not only for potty training though, okay, but it's more important when you are not around, all right? There's so many bad things that can happen if you're just letting your dog kind of roam, um, especially a puppy, um, not just pee and accidents like that, but you know, uh, not to sound dramatic, but, you know, the wires or this or that or chewing moldings or, you know, we, we don't want our brand new puppies ingesting these things. Right. So we want to try to stay away from that. OK, um, so the crate is so, so important Chew toys, all of these, you know, all, all the things that are standard, I would say, is, you know, chew toys. You want to have a little bed, but they'll probably chew it. You know, they have piranha teeth right now. Get a little toothbrush, get them desensitized to the clipper, um, let them feel what the brush is like on their fur, on their skin, uh, so that the first time you go to the groomer, it's not a complete disaster, <laughs> all right? We want to get them used to all of these things. Another thing that I think is super essential when it comes to your puppy, and maybe this should have even been the first thing I mentioned, but when you get your puppy, I hope, I hope you did a little bit of research. Look, I'm the first one that will say I don't like to be breed specific. So I think every dog has, well, we know that every dog has their own personality. But there's some characteristics. Like, you know, I'm not going to, if I'm a couch potato, probably getting a Jack Russell is not the first choice. <laughs> or a Belgian Malinois. There's certain criteria that go with each dog. And I just want you to know that I'm generalizing, okay? Because yes, I do, and believe it or not, I have seen a couple, very rare, but a couple couch potato Jack Russells. I'm just saying that like the odds are against you, all right? So it, it, the one thing that I look at when I am deciding to get a dog for my family is energy level is a big one for me and maintenance level, especially when it comes to grooming, all right? If that's not something that you are going to enjoy, or if it's not something that um, you're gonna like, bringing your dog to the groomer every couple of months, or even less, right? Well, then chances are these high maintenance, high level uh, dogs that have a lot of you know, curly hair or et cetera, it, it might not necessarily be the pick for you. Okay. So just make sure that you know what you're getting yourself into. All right. That's, that's of course, very important. Socialization, exposure. I mean, this is why we have puppy 101. And it, I think it's so important that your dog gets social as fast as possible. In fact, here's some things that a lot of people don't realize. If you actually go on the AVSAB, which is the American Veterinarian Society of Animal Behavior, they actually talk about how getting your dog socialized, even at seven to eight weeks, is super, super important. 
And they talk about um, offhand, I forget which shot it is, but they talk about like one shot for sure being needed 10 days after. And then only that, only 10 days after that shot, can you have your eight week uh, or nine week puppy prep class, so to speak. But it is out there, okay? Veterinarian behaviorists are suggesting that it is super crucial, all right? This means that not waiting until your dog is four months old and they have all their shots. I'm no veterinarian. I'm just basically going with what the ABSAB is saying, all right? You can, of course, ask your veterinarian, challenge them, and just let them, well, you, I don't mean like, you know, when I say challenge them, I don't mean like you get into an argument. I just mean challenge them, like say like, okay, I'm hearing stuff on the AVSAB, you know, the American Veterinarian Society of Animal Behavior that it is actually in fact okay in a controlled environment to socialize my puppy if everyone has this one shot 10 days after. What do you think? Is this true? Is it technically not okay? Like, what do you think? Get their personal opinion and, you know, go with go with the flow. Go, go with how that goes, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, socialization is so important. I actually never followed that rule. Sorry, guilty. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, my veterinarian friends that are watching aren't nodding, you know, shaking their head at me right now. But um, I never really followed the rule. So I always went early uh, and, and got them social, not in a dog park per se, but I always figured out a way to like have doggy play dates or get into controlled environments where I could let my puppy socialize at a very young age. Uh, something that always stuck with me again, one of my mentors, um, Dr. Ian Dunbar, just incredible, incredible, incredible dog trainer and veterinarian. I remember he said something along the lines of like, I rather bring my dog early and socialize and, and have a risk. Or even if my dog did get sick, that is a, a way less likely of a chance than having my dog unsocial and spending years dealing with the consequence. Just for the record, we're not we're not exactly saying that if you don't socialize your dog younger, then you're you're screwed. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying though is that anything you can do sooner rather than later is better. Think of it like our kids. I don't know about you, but like learning a new language at 38 years old, I don't know. I think that that's super challenging. Versus like my son or my daughter could be like. You know, they pick up someone like saying something and it's like they remember that word and then all of a sudden they're speaking like the language, you know, a week later. Like it's crazy. Well, that's like dogs too, especially when they're young. Okay. We we want to set them up for success. So don't wait. Okay. Look into it a little bit more. Go on the AVSAB site. Check out their position statement. This is something I've been wanting to do. I, I've been wanting to do a puppy prep like that. I think it's been like even a couple of years the statement's been out. And I just haven't pulled the trigger. Um, and I've, I've noticed a couple of dog trainers in, in my local area that are now kind of throwing out the AVSAB statement saying like, hey, you know, we're doing this. And like, kudos, man, because I'm kind of following suit. Uh, so really, really happy about that. Nonetheless, something else I think that is so important about uh, your puppy is rewarding them for good. Just everything that is good, that's happening, that's, that, that you accept, reward that behavior, okay? 
when it comes to our overwhelming situations like biting, I think the most common thing I get from our puppies is my puppy's aggressive. I hear that more than my gosh, more than I hear that about adult dogs. Okay. So my puppy is aggressive, uh, biting me, attacking me. All these things are happening. What do I do? This is not great, obviously, but to be quite frank with you, it's very rare that the dog is aggressive. I've only maybe seen it even like once in, in the past almost 20 years. Uh, honestly, it's, it's very rare. So understand that your dog is just a little piranha right now. And, you know, when you try to scold or you need to put the finger out and you're like bad dog or whatever, and they kind of come at you and, you know, and they, they kind of try to nip at you there, you know, you just need to look for a different approach. It's just not working. It doesn't mean your dog is aggressive. What, what does any of that look like? Okay, well, let's get into it. When it comes to the biting and the nipping, uh, understand that four to five months is the worst phase. Uh, time and time again, I've just noticed that this phase is absolutely horrible. Most people, this is where I get that call. Like my, my dog is regressed or my dog is terrible or this and that. Understand those teeth are falling out, those piranha teeth. Uh, the dog is on fire. Okay, so I need to gnaw and chew. Ice cubes, things that are cold, uh, you know, lick mats, um, things that you could freeze even taking like little like rags and stuff you know and, and drowsing it underwater or freezing it um you know ice cube tray put some chicken broth in there watch the salt though please water it down uh, you know like things like that i mean uh, you just play around with it try to just get through it i tell people all the time the most important thing about the teething phase is it's inevitable you're gonna go through it all right it's 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 gonna happen so you kind of have to, well, you kind of just have to go through it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, understand that it's part of the process of, of having a puppy. It does get better. There is light at the end of the tunnel guys. Okay. It doesn't last forever. I promise. Uh, maybe I shouldn't promise you that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Look, it'll get better. Okay. Another thing I think when it comes to puppies is I think we do too much too fast. Uh, what I mean by that is um, obedience. I think that it is essential, yes, that you play games and that you do obedience, but I'll see someone with a four-month-old puppy trying to get the dog to uh, sit, stay, or they're trying to get the dog to heal right next to them outside on a, you know, on a walk or and, and they're getting frustrated with the dog and they're looking at it wrong. Instead, look at it more like a game, humor them, understand like a child, they don't, they're not born understanding how to ride a bike. Okay. So they don't understand that they want you to, you want them to walk beside you and you want them to do this. Oh, and they shouldn't, you know, bite every leaf that they see blowing across the street. I mean, they're children and they're going to jump in puddles. They're going to grab the leaves as they blow by. They're going to do all of these things. You have to have a little fun with it. Laugh, laugh it off, and you keep going. Okay. I find that only around six months do they really hyper-focus a little bit more on what you're asking, like task-wise. This doesn't mean you wait six months. 
oh, I'm not going to do anything because there's no point. You know, my dog's only going to be focused at six months. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. I'm just saying that like when you're getting into more difficult scenarios, six months is usually when you start to see a little bit more of a change. But that's because of all the trying and hard work that you've done in the interim before those six months came up. Okay, so understand that it's a process, but it does get better. Some of the big essentials for obedience, like the actual things, I think, um, first off, manipulation in the sense of touch. So I want you to touch the ears, touch the tail, touch the belly, uh, the side of the neck, under the hips. I want them to understand and feel loved, but also know that um, it's okay to be touched in these areas. All right. Um, we want them used to that. So when veterinarians are touching your dog or whoever, groomer, or just your child, uh, that it's not a big shock or it's new. And obedience-wise, sit is a very, very classic cue that usually people get into the habit of starting first. So sit, down. Um, you could even do a little bit of recall. You know, every time your dog comes to you, I want to hear you say good come or whatever cue you want to associate with recall and reward them. Be happy. Do not scold them when they come to you. I'll give you a great example of something that is essential that you don't do. Your puppy has your favorite sock in his or her mouth running away from you. You perhaps have a stern voice because you're very serious and you're very upset about the sock and you say come here and magically your dog actually comes to you a lot of people will grab the sock and continue to give their dog shit i don't want this to happen it's so important you are rewarding them for coming to you yeah josh but am i rewarding them for taking the sock no you are not you're rewarding them for coming to you. Are we unhappy about the sock situation? We are. We're, de we're definitely unhappy about that. Okay. But the idea here is that you want to make sure rewarding the behavior that happens on the spot, which is in that moment, your dog coming to you. All right. Once the dog has a sock in, the, in, the, in his mouth or her mouth and you're redirecting or getting your dog's attention and they let go of the sock, you can say drop it or leave it or whatever and just give them a little pat. Okay, let them know that, you know, that wasn't too bad. This is just a way for you to survive. But the most important thing here, I know this might be a shock, but put stuff away. <laughs> All right, right now, just, you know, you need to, you need to dog proof your home. Like you child proof your home, you got to dog proof your home. All right, try to avoid some of these things happening. Have the toy, the dog is not going to know the difference from your sock and the plush toy on the ground. It's so funny when we have a three month old puppy and we expect the puppy who's been on this planet for three months <laughs> to understand that that's mine and that's not mine. A lot of the times it's about regulation. If they're chewing your couch or your molding, that's because there's not enough going on, enough stimulus or, or things for your dog to actually pay attention to. And yes, of course, you could have 500 toys around the dog and say, Josh, there's 500 toys around my dog, but my dog is choosing the couch. 
you have to redirect. You have to show your dog that, you know, this is okay. This is not okay. Um, but again, you have to focus on the positives. Reward your dog when they're doing things correctly. And if your dog is chewing on the couch and you don't know, this is your fault. I'm sorry to say this, but it is your fault. You need to absolutely have your dog in that temporary cage so that you can get by. To go along with that, I want to also get into potty training, whether it's pads or outside. You need to reward your dog the moment that they pee, okay? Not after, not before, but the moment. I'm assuming we can't always be on the spot, and I get that, but I want you to try your very best, okay? So important. If you are opening your door, let's say your back door, and your dog, your puppy runs outside, pees, and then comes back in the house, and then you reward your puppy, you are rewarding your puppy for once again coming to you, not actually peeing, okay? So this is why it's important that you are rewarding your puppy the moment whatever it is that you want happens, okay? It's gotta be on the spot, so important. Okay. Also, on your walks, start getting into the habit of rewarding your dog for looking at things and behaving so your dog sees another dog across the street your puppy's four months old and your puppy just sits reward that behavior good job good job good dog uh you know pet them uh, you could even treat them i love having the meal with them with uh, with me at this age i mean don't get me wrong i pretty much ditch the bowl all the time but at this age i find is crucial Instead of having the three meals in the bowl, I have the meals in my pocket. And when we go for a walk or when they do something good around the house, that's when they start to eat. That's when I start to give them value, okay, for, for the things that they do. This is such a better way, in my opinion, to feed your dog than it is to, uh, to just, you know, utilize the bowl. Now, when I'm super busy, we do have like interactive toys, which brings me to my next point, all right? When it comes to... Um, stuff at home, you know, mental stimulation, aside from your general obedience and things that you could be doing, tricks, games, this and that, interactive toys are so, so important, okay? I want you to really work on this. So, you know, you could go on Facebook, join like a canine enrichment group. You'll get tons of like DIYs, like do-it-yourself projects that you can do, like two-liter bottles and like this and that to like make different games sensory boxes like all of these things are so good for confidence boosting and that's really what we're after with puppies um but you can get like also like game formats where like you have to put treats like in compartments as a dog owner okay i find that the the kong is like the least used toy so everyone has one but people will always say like oh my dog doesn't care about the kong it's because you're not using it right Okay, the whole point of the Kong is to stuff it. So you put their meal in there, you freeze it, you know, maybe like swab a little bit of like, I don't know, uh, peanut butter or something. Um, and, you know, have that ready in the freezer. And so when you are busy and you don't necessarily have time to uh, have the food in the in the pocket and, and work on uh, obedience for that meal time, you can pull out the Kong and you can give your dog the Kong with the food. This will be very, very good for that mental stimulation and just burning energy. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's what we're trying to do even with our kids. We put our kids in activities, not just to burn energy for other reasons too, like socialization, but I mean, it's all 
it's all revolving around tons of perks. So get into the habit of getting into mental stim games and, um, you know, interactive games and using, uh, you know, ditch the bowl a little bit, ditch the bowl guys. So such a great tool, such a great tool. All right. So ladies and gents, those are some of the big, big essentials when it comes to puppy one one I didn't give you like exact commands. So here are, I'd say a few things that I say are the best things to teach your dog right off the bat. Red light, green light, red light, green light. I actually made, um, I think it's our second podcast. Our second episode is about red light, green light. So you can hear about all of that in that episode. Um, Aside from red light, green light, recall, I think is so important. Start them right away. You want to reward them when they come to you. You want, when you call your dog, I want your dog coming over to you, especially in circumstances where there might be a car or who knows what, knock on wood. I want to make sure that you are, um, you're in good shape. Okay. With that recall basics, sit, lay down and stay. These are all very, very important. And also, I'd say probably one of the biggest things with puppy is boundary games, okay? We want to make sure that uh, we get our puppy onto a spot or a place, something they love, something that will exhibit calm behavior, but also a place that will make them like excited and happy. So to give you an example, when my dog goes on the boundary, they're excited to go on the boundary. It's not like they're like, oh boy, I have to go over there. When they go there though, they sit down, they lay down and they chill. So they're excited about getting there because they know good things happen when they are on the boundary. It's such an important tool to use. They want us to have like a place or a little bed and you could even take some of the meal time. and I want you to bring your puppy over there and the moment, um, you know, just give you kind of like a short version the moment four paws or even two paws touch that bed, I want you to start dropping some treats on the boundary. Make it a fun, exciting place. Obviously, if you're local, uh, our Puppy 101 classes, you know, you can really get into it and we can really get into more details about all of these things. If you are not local, I actually do online training, okay? So you can reach out at cepodcast at canineeducation.ca. And if you want to get into online training, uh, we can do that together. And if you even have just some questions, please don't be shy. So in a nutshell, early socialization is important. Socialization is important. Obedience is very important. Exposure is so important. All of these things increase confidence, make them turn into what, you know, we want a nice fun and calm dog to be like all right remember all of these things if you haven't guessed by now it's all about relationship we're building relationships here okay your little munchkin we want we want that munchkin to love you and we want that munchkin to look at you for direction and so starting off right is so important all right so i'm going to say it one more time socialization early socialization, exposure, obedience, increasing confidence, bring them everywhere, set up play dates, get them onto a bed or a place, crate training, temporary crate training at least is so crucial. 
to work on the potty train. It's not the only way, but it's important. And remember, reward things on the spot. And please understand you will have a little piranha for a while. It is temporary. It does get better. Thank you so much. I hope you you continue to enjoy the podcast. Please, if you haven't already, rate me. It really helps. Uh, don't be shy to send me an email, cepodcast at canineeducation.ca. If you want to hear a specific topic, um, we are almost finished our podcast room. Uh, so really excited about that in there. We're bringing up the technology a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to be able to have two people on at, with me. I'm going to be able to actually call people in and out so we can actually have some great, great conversations and uh, get into more perspectives, not just mine. I'm so excited to have some guests over. We already have things going for visitors such as uh, veterinarians. I have groomers, uh, dog walkers, uh, other dog trainers who have already reached out saying, hey, I have some things to say. So this is really, really awesome. Uh, looking forward to uh, you know this year being just absolutely amazing. Uh, with the podcast and with everything going on. Most importantly, thank you. Thank you so much. With Without you, none of this would be a possibility. So I just want you to know that from my local clients to my, to my clients online, to people who are even just listening to the podcast who don't know me through dog, through, through dog training, like at the local center or whatever, I want you to know uh, I cherish you. Thank you so much. I'm here to help. Let me know how things are going. All right. Thank you so much and uh, have a good one. Ciao.